This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, man, you never know if they want me back or not. I I, I don't take that for granted. Um, it's been doing this a long time. That's the first time I've ever heard you say that to us. I say it every year. Um, you just, I'd like to be back, but you never know. Um, the game's been... The business side of things? It's the business side of things. It's, it's NFL, not for long. Um, I want to be back. I would like to be a Pittsburgh Steelers still. But you don't know what's going on in the future. Cam is the same type of guy that will put a, you know, a, a, a tape job with his with his last name on the front of his helmet in a training camp like setting. Um, that that's that's what makes him who he is. Um, he takes none of this for granted, um, and that's just an expression of that. Just like when he puts his last name on his helmet um, in a training camp like setting. Um, he, he is special because he has a special approach, um, because he is legitimately humble and hardworking, and he takes none of this for granted. And so that's probably what that was. You know, Max, there, there, I, I can't get over the humility and the humbleness of Cam's attitude, which is always something that, I, I don't know, it just rocks me because you take a look at around, around the league, you just watch some of the headlines. Uh, Micah Parsons, for instance, he blasts the NFLPA's first all-pro team after being left off the roster and so forth. And I just think, you know, do you really need to do that? You know, I mean, and then there's other stuff where guys are saying, you know, I, I just, I find it very ingratiating when Cam talks about that humble attitude, having a servitude, being a leader, but also being a, you know, a teammate with accountability and everything. I just love all that stuff because it's so it is he he, act, he lives it out in front of us. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's one thing to sit there and talk and and complain, right? Like um like Michael Parsons did. It's another thing to go and just dominate a game after the results are out and you find out you're an alternate in the pro bowl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like go, go let your actions be like like Thank hey, you. Yes. Go show them that you're wrong. As opposed to complaining about it, you know. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, Hello, you know that's a great like, like idea. That, I wish I'd thought of that. You know, <laughs> just just go out there and beat the living crap out of the guy in front of you and be like, okay, so I guess this is what backups do, huh? <laughs> All right. All right, I'm going to just be me. Just be me, you know. Uh, and, and, and as two guys who are the all-alternate team that took pride in just you know, just gouging people's faces in, you know, it's just, you know, different strokes for different folks. You know, that. It, just think about that. That's a cowboy mentality versus a Steelers mentality. All I'm right. Saying, I'm like, there we dude, go. Oh. Dig, 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 dig. I, I know. I, la- I lasted all the five minutes this morning, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> we got right to the, to the cutting board there, my friend. There it is. There it is. No, no, no sugarcoating this one. <laughs> no, no. Look, Cam's, yeah. Cam's going to be 34 in May. By the way, I'm a May baby too. You know. Uh, oh, look at that. My wife's a May baby. Are you a Taurus as well? Are you? I don't even know what that is. What, what's okay. A, okay. A Taurus is a car, birthday? right? No, it is as well. Uh, great, great car by Ford. Uh, <laughs> don't I don't put it past him. Listen. 
Uh, RoboCop drove, drove drove a Ford Taurus back in the day. You oh, know what I'm RoboCop, saying? Like, that was cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He drove the SHO edition. Yeah, the cop the cop version. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I was gonna ask, when's your birthday in May? Oh, May 19. Yeah. Okay, so you're just over the cusp. Okay, so you are. Um, Am I driving a Taurus? You're still you, you, no. You're looking at a Taurus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the outside looking in at a Taurus. <laughs> We're off to you can a window shop for it. Yeah, I, I know we are. Oh. We are. We are. But but no. But furthermore, to your point, I think you know it's a it's certain just certain mentalities, and I think the Steelers have a great way of identifying that talent more often than not. I mean, nobody's going to be a perfect hundred percent, but you think about the mentality of guys who played for the Steelers over this vast expanse, right? You're right. looking at almost, you know, we're getting we're getting to almost 90 years. What, this season will be the 90th season, I believe? Is it? Let's see, from 33. So. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, we got to be, I think you're right. 23. Do yeah, the math. Yeah, we should. Carry yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> no, just, just minus 10, minus 10. 33 okay. from 23 that, is that sounds like 10 90. left over. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like 90. Um, but uh, but I, I think when you look at that and you think about it, I mean, there there are their own unique individuals. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, when you think of the totality or the sum of the personalities, they're all pretty consistent with each other. Right. And they all get along. And I think – you have to have a certain level of humility to be here. You know, the the cock, over cocky and confident and feeling constantly disparaged, you know, that 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 personality trait doesn't really go well in this type of locker room. <laughs> you know, yeah. the woe is me. I mean, there's no fainting couch in the locker room mm. last time I checked. Um, mm. Oh, I've been wronged. <laughs> I've been wronged. Did anyone ever tell Somebody, you, you had a flair for the dramatic, my friend? You know, I, 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 I love, I love inflections and in voice and and right. and so, and everything that's sarcasm. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I've never been accused of being shy. Let's no. just put it that no. way, Wolf. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Ever since I've known you, you have not yes. been shy. <laughs> no, no. Analytical, maybe. Yes. You know, a little bit overly, uh, you know. Well, you're thoughtful I, in all yeah. your responses. I you am. Know? I'm thoughtful, and I feel like, you know, it's thorough. It's yeah. thorough. Some pe- some people call it, you know, pointing and very poking, but I feel I feel like it's just thorough and thoughtful, you know? Yeah, sometimes you poke the bear out of fun. It's always good I got to. Yeah. Some, sometimes you need to see the teeth to make sure they're healthy, you know? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all it is. Do you know Hoopy would? I'd come home from the season, right? I'd come home after yeah. the season's over. You know, we played. You know, all you know, whole season long. Drive home, go see mom for uh, for a week. You know, stay there. And the first thing she'd walk up, she'd grab my jaw and then open your mouth. <laughs> Let me see those teeth. I put a lot of money into those teeth growing up. She says, and you don't wear your mouth guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, it's important to wear the mouth guard, Wolf. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I got rid of that my first or second year in the league when we were in Dallas, and it was so hot. It was like my mouth guard was melting into the upper cleft of my, my mouth, the upper palate. And I remember there was a timeout, 
And it just like it felt like it was just melting in there. And I just unbuckled my chin strap, pushed my helmet back, and I tilted my head back also, and I just spit it out somewhere on the Texas Stadium turf, and I never wore yeah. one again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like sayonara. Exactly. So you don't want to talk like this? <clears throat> yeah. You didn't like that where you sound like you got to lift it when you talk with the mouth too thin? That's slide, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Sylvester. The slide, 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 slide. Yeah, I bit Charged. my tongue more than once. Yeah. Charge. <laughs> what is he saying? I don't know. Oh, he's running. Oh, he's down. <laughs> you know, if you'd have cut to the outside, you'd have taken it all the way. <laughs> I, I was trying to cut to the outside. The problem was those knee braces did not allow for a lot of lateral mobility. You were working your way towards the sidelines. I felt like Najee with the steel plate in my shoe, you know? <laughs> only, except for my, except, uh, only except for it was my whole body that felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was the last play of the game. I mean, you yeah, know. Come on, what are you going to do? Hey. We don't necessarily get subs at the offensive line position. We only get subbed when we get injured. That's uh, you realize, you know, so, I mean, you know, I wasn't as fresh as that DB that probably, that probably came in a nickel situation. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I, I do Steelers camps, you know, the youth camps, and I work with yeah. the offensive linemen. I always have a ball, and I, I, I hold it up, and I show the ball to all the offense, the guys that are with me in the group, and I go, you see this? We don't need this. We don't want this because if we have this, something really bad has happened. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're giving it to someone between your legs. That's the only yeah, time that's it's acceptable. That's the only time the center just snapping it back. And it's going backwards. It's you're not you're not there's no tuck in it at any point. If you I cuz I you know, here's what I use I used to say to my my teenage kids I said if I said if this is tucked we're okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just you just you just look at them like Okay. You know what I'm saying. Okay. You know what I'm saying. I'm not going to say it because I'm an adult, <laughs> but you already know. I know you know that word. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> but don't say it either. D don't tell me you know the word either. <laughs> yeah. So unwritten rule, just give me it with the eyes. Just say yes with your eyes, We're not with good. your mouth. <laughs> all right. So going back to Cam, he's a three-time All-Pro over the last six seasons. And in 2022, and I'm not real big on PFF, you know, as a mandate, I think they give you an idea. You know what I mean? And you can yeah. kind of mold thoughts around that. But they they rated him the fifth best out of 66 quality into your defensive lineman. Number three in quarterback pressures with 58. Ten and a half sacks tied him for 17th overall, but fifth among the DTs. There is no sign of him slacking off or dropping off in – playing ability you know i mean this yeah. guy uh he's only missed two games and the two times that he missed a game was uh when um, um mike pulled him out because it was the regular season finales and it just gave him the game off yeah no i mean think about this i mean what, what game was it gosh i can't remember exactly what game it was either the patriots or the jets i, I mean cam like cam hurt his his ankle yeah his shoulder. Yep, yep. His knee. And yep. I'm pretty sure something else. And it was just like, you know, it was one of those things where, like, he went down. Yeah. Training crew came out. He came out for a play. He kind of shook it off as he walked off to the sidelines. 
and then boom, was right back in there. I was like, gee, I mean, the guy is just made out of just the toughest, the toughest leather on earth. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. he just, it's like the strapping leather. Like when you're sharpening a blade, like like that's what can, <laughs> it never breaks, and it's always it's all it's always good, you know. And I think that's that's just kind of the mentality, the durability of this guy. When you, I mean, he literally embodies Man of Steel. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. when you think, like when we walk out of the locker room and you see that sign, you tap it, and um, in the hallway it says "Men of Steel." I mean, he believes that phrase, and, and he goes and he embodies that phrase. And you know, for Cam, I mean, to do what he's doing at this point in his career is just, you know, phenomenal. I mean, it's a testament to him how he prepares, what he does to keep his body right. It, 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 it it's all indicative and, and hope you know you hope that more guys kind of look at that example and kind of follow that like you know listen as i as i learned it fake it till you make it yes and that means imitation is the best form of flattery so i would rather imitate cam hayward if i'm a young d lineman uh than anything else like hey whatever he does i do see that, that's him. exactly it he's that guy in the room that gives you that prototype to follow you know, throughout as you are, are you, as you're developing your own sort of ability to become a pro. You know, it was like I was looking at John Kolb, Mike Webster, Larry Brown. They set the pace in the room. Sam Davis, the first year before he got hurt, um, in the room. Guys that you looked up to, guys that showed you what it looked like to walk, talk, and prepare as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, and, and, and those are the examples we look at. I know for me. You know, I, listen, I, we, we talked about it, Wolf, but I'll say it again. I went and watched it, all the best offensive tackles, the guys who I thought were, mm-hmm. you know, their stances and everything else, and I tried to mimic those things. Right. I tried to do what Marvell Smith did, right? I followed the examples of guys like Barrett Brooks and just until I figured out what my process was. Yes. So I figured out my own efficiency and what my skill set is, and that's what you often do. You can't just rely – you know, because Russ Grimm used to always say, you know, hey, whatever it, whatever, whatever it, it took to get here, just keep doing that. But you realize once you get here, yes, that gets you in the door, but what sustains you? You know, those are the things that you have to work on, and those are the things that you have to constantly work to improve. When you lose that desire um, or the ability to prepare like that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's when, it's, it, it, when something's run its course. But at the same time, as long as you have that desire, as long as you have that will to get better, you will always have a place if you're working towards those things. And I think Cam is just one of those guys. He he, he had the examples around him when he was a young guy, right? Yep. He could look at a Brett Kiesel. He could look at an Aaron Smith. He could look at a Casey Hampton. And then figure out, once, once he got of age, figure out what, what works best for him. And then from there, once you have the blueprint, then you just constantly keep working that sheet, right? Keep Absolutely. whittling down. Yep. <clears throat> and and you'll always find something new um, and better. And I think that's what Cam is always constantly doing. And I think that's just a testament and why his humility is where it's at because he knows I'm not sitting here trying to claim I'm the best or pretend I'm the best. He's like, but I'm going to continue to work because I always feel like there's something that, that I can do better the consistency, the endurance, something in there. What it could be one little thing. I hate the way that on third downs in the third quarter, 
my swim move doesn't work this way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yep, yep. like it could be that specific, um, but he continually finds that thing. It's like Tom Brady. It's like, you know, as much as we, 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 we ad nauseum talk about Tom Brady, but I think it, there, there's truth to what he's doing. Like, he is literally the greatest of all time at the quarterback position mm-hmm. as far as what he's accomplished. And you, you marvel at the question – what else does he have to prove? Why is he still doing this? Why did he unretire? Oh, blah, blah, blah. We'll never know, but that's also what makes him great. Yeah, it is. No doubt. He always finds that one thing that's just like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't like the way my pinky was when I threw, you know, at over 40 times. Once I get to 42 through 43 on my passes, my pinky doesn't quite squeeze the ball the same. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like yeah. what? You know, things that we would think are trivial, that's what drives them. And I think the same thing drives Cam, and that's why we're talking about he's not not plateauing, he's not declining in skills. He just – he's always finding something new to work at and a new challenge that propels him through the offseason into the next season. And that's what you're – you're always looking for that it, right? Exactly. We're talking about the the it factor. That's what Cam – that's what Cam possesses, the innate ability to find the it. Well, you know who it. else has got the it factor? Guess who? who's coming up. Oh, ho, ho, <laughs> it is a Thursday. Yes. I, thi- I, thi- I think the Yacht Club called. <laughs> we, we need to make sure – we need to make sure that we that that we have space for the one, the only cool breeze himself to Grab dock. shoes. That's right. Hey, and make sure you take them off before you step aboard, or Skipper will be mad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. We'll, we will step aside. When we come back, we got the cool breeze himself, Jerry Dulac, on the other side in the locker room of Wolf and Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, just listen to that. Just let it happen. Let it flow through your veins because you know what? Mr. Jerry Dulac himself is coming onto the air, radio airwaves and more importantly Jerry is brought to us by Chupka's 2 Cafe located in the historic south side where you can catch all of your playoff football action and hockey on their 17 beautiful glorious large screen televisions and you can enjoy Coors Light drafts by the $3 pours and we are just so blessed and welcome to bring into this harmonious yet sanctified locker room, Mr. Jerry Dula. How are you doing, Jerry? You know, Max, when you hear that music, it's it, it wants your voice to turn melodic and soft yes. and speak in yes. hushed, whispered tones because whether you know this or not, and I had it played deliberately, that's the theme song from the Masters. And really? I figured yes. both of you two would not know that that's what it was. <laughs> but I don't want to underestimate your knowledge of sports in general and golf in particular. <laughs> oh. Well, look, all I know. This time, 
this time of year, this time of year, my mindset starts to switch and drift a little bit toward the greener pastures of Augusta National. Well, and, tremendous. And, and this just feels like walk-up music for Amen Corner. You know what I'm saying, yes, Jerry? It does. Yes. It does. And, and it makes my mind flitter with $2 pimento cheese sandwiches. And right, it harkens on the, de- on the days of yore. You know, when things were simpler, it was easy. You know, food was cheap and, and, and plentiful. And that's the reason why I go to the Masters is simply. I, feel, I thought to- that's what it was. And, you know, this being your last week and this being my last appearance with you, I wanted I wanted to go out with this some type of genteel music, and I send you guys yeah. off into the sunset, and and me as well. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because yeah. <laughs> you guys, when you start talking about the Masters, I'm going, oh, you mean like uh, Calientes, you know, the Masters of Pizza, <laughs> right. you know? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, there you go. Now I'm cooking. You're cooking with Crisco with me, buddy. Oh, yeah, exactly. man. Exactly. That's the first thing that comes to mind when you say Masters is pizza. <laughs> Thank you. Will. How are we doing, boys? Thank you. We are we, doing we're good. Doing, we're great. <laughs> yeah, Max got me all discombobulated. We got into yeah, some you. discussion here early on, and then that music threw me off. I didn't know how to how to <laughs> what to do with that music, but certainly I got a feeling that's going to pave the way. By the way, who's going to be winning the Masters this year? Since we're on well, that, you know. Um, uh, I would love nothing more than to see Rory McIlroy win because then he completes golf's Grand Slam, which means he will have won every major. I always like to see Jordan Spieth win because he's just he's not only a tremendous player, he's the nicest player out there. And uh, But there's a side of me, because of the contention in golf, I'd love to see one of these LIV players win like Dustin Johnson or Bryson DeChambeau and cause even more consternation in the world of golf. Not that that's what I'm looking for, but I just think the irony would be delicious if you would. Yeah. Listen, Jerry, I, I, I love it. And I think one of the, one of the great things about the masters is, you know, as great as it is, as storied as it is, and as they change some of the parameters, I mean, it's just, it's one of the most picturesque, I think, on television to watch uh, courses just because yeah. of the attention to detail um, and, and, and the yeah, course. It's not, and, it, and you're right, Max, and it's not just the beauty of the place, but it's when it occurs in April when we're all tired of the winter and we're eager. Well, of course, Max, you get a little bit earlier than we do. Eager for spring, yeah. and and you get those pictures, uh, and and it's that's it's a rite of spring. It signals that okay, it's here, and summer's next, and that's what that's what adds to it. The beauty of that place, uh, you know, with the magnolia and the dogwood. I've been there, you know, I've been there 27, and I'm I'm figuring this year is going to be 28, and maybe the last time. Uh, but they, yeah, there's there's no place like it. There's no question about it. So, Jerry, what's the best place to eat at the Masters? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, Let's get I, down I, to brass tacks. I thought you would never ask, but Augusta <laughs> being Augusta, it tends to have a lot of chain restaurants. So if you try and get into T-Bones, which is about two blocks Ooh. from the entrance to the golf course, if you can believe that, um, you, you probably can't get in about 10 or 11 uh, at night, uh, you know, so um, – but there's the, you know, Wave Golf Course. A lot of people like the people who've been there for years go to the French Market Grill. Bonefish Grill was right down the, right down the highway. By I the was just in Bonefish last night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Bonefish. I, I really like Bonefish Grill. So, um, but there's, there's a ton of, <clears throat> there's a ton of chain restaurants. 
Uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing, the first time I went to the Masters, fellas, I'm driving up Washington Road, and it's telling me that the golf, I see the signs for golf course parking. And I feel like I'm driving up McKnight Road. There's a Jiffy Lube, there's fast food, there's a strip mall, and I'm thinking, <laughs> where? You, wait a minute. Where is this hallowed golf course? I thought when I would be going to Augusta, like I would be driving out in a field and the mm -hmm. sunlight would be shining down, <laughs> you know, and the fescue would be we whipping through the wind. And, and it just, you know, and like there would be like a halo over the golf course. And here I am driving past Jiffy Lube down McKnight Road. and I'm going to turn right into the golf course, which, of course, is hidden by trees and fences. Wow. But it's it's you know, it's just strange because you're you're expecting this idyllic location and and you end up with you know stoplights and and uh you know burger king it's, it's kind of funny that is really really it's, odd man that's wild it's, yeah it's incongruous to what you would expect for this uh hallowed sacred piece of golfing ground now max yeah. are you a big golfer well if you golfed you he's a big day. golfer because yeah. he's six foot eight yeah i was gonna he say a big golfer I'm naturally a big golfer right. just by default, but but I but I do I do enjoy golf. I do enjoy playing golf. Um, you know, I'm already planning on playing in the uh, the Super Bowl tournament out here for the NFLPA, the Trust, and also the NFL alumni. So I'll be playing in those and also uh, catching a couple you, rounds. Yeah, I I don't get to play during the season, obviously, and right, you know, right. I have one tournament I play during the season that's up in Massachusetts at Hyannisport. But, oh, nice. you know, in the off season, we, we try and get trips together for all of our guys. Um, uh, usually in February, like we're going to Ennisbrook down in Tampa with uh, right, Trey right. Essex and Willie Colon and I and a couple of other guys. We'll go play. And then Willie has his annual March guys golf trip. We'll pick a location and go. So, I mean, we, we play a lot of golf, so we do enjoy All right. It. I want to challenge you both. Let's go to Nemecolon. Let's do Nemecolon, but the miniature golf, okay? Yeah, I'll you want to do guys. You wanna do you want to do the of course of well, Max, course max i will tell you then when i'm in for the nfl owners meetings at the end of march and i know you guys find this hard to believe but i find time to play golf while i'm there uh, what i will keep you i will how keep do mine and uh, i will see if you are around and you want to join us for a little round yeah, please do, Jerry, because, yeah, because, I mean, we and we have so many fantastic courses. I know you guys were – Right. I want to say, were you guys at the – where were you guys at last year um, for the owners? Uh, well, we were we were in uh, West Palm, but we're at the um, – West Palm. Um, they were at the Breakers last year, but we're at um, – Yeah, that's right. What's the what's the play? God, God. The, um, it's right on the tip of my tongue in, in Phoenix, the Swank Resort. Jeez, I can't believe I can't uh, – The Phoenician. No, no, Phoenician. not the Phoenician. No, no, Fairmont, not the Fairmont, Scottsdale Princess. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I hate four four I hate seasons. The Hyatt Ganey Ranch. Monte Lucia. This place makes those places look like the Monroeville Holiday Inn. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. We, but we do have a bunch. But we do have a bunch. Yes, you so, do. Yeah, please let, yes, please let me yeah. know. I'll be out here in the springtime. So, yeah. I yeah, think let, we, let, need, we need it. to have a go on miniature golf. That's what we need, man. Nice. Listen, I got the I, I got this one. It's called Area Fifty One Golf out here. It has it has Ooh. all the like the the black lighting and everything. Wolf, you'd love it. It's indoor, air conditioned. Oh, that's so you don't that's sweat way too all much. The way. You got burgers yeah. nearby. I'm sure they got food there. I, I bet you. Oh, oh yeah, I just, yeah. just came to me. Just came to me, Max. The Biltmore. 
The Biltmore. Oh, the Biltmore. Yeah, yeah, right Biltmore. there in Central Phoenix. Yeah, off of the 24th. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, right, exactly. and their course, and they, they have a nice they have a nice, uh, they have have a a nice, nice resort course that's wide open and everything. Right, usually that's play correct. Billy, Billy Cundiff does his, does his golf tournament there every year. Yeah, I usually um, play one day. Ravens punter. Yes, Kicker. I usually Sorry. play one day there and two other uh, two other times. I usually try to get there a day early and play a, uh, outside uh, somewhere else uh, while I'm there. Well, well let this... me know because I have a couple of recommendations. <laughs> there Wolf, you go. Wolf, stop this. This is our last time to talk for a while, Wolf. You're trying to, inter- trying to interfere with an interview? Is that what you're trying to do? I'm, tra- I'm trying to get Jerry back to football. You're trying to get me me back on track, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Well, my only question is, how have the post, you know, uh, the exit interviews gone with the players thus far? Um, Have you been around the locker room there, had a chance to talk to some of the guys? Well, you know, Wolf, the only only day they allow us uh, to have the exit is the is uh, Monday, the day after. Okay. And, uh, you know, they had it open for an hour and – you know, I spent a lot of time talking to a bunch of, uh, not a bunch of guys, certainly a handful of guys that I needed to talk to or want to talk to. But after that, um, you know, uh, we don't have uh, that type of access. Of course, we don't get access, uh, at least official media access to the coaches. So uh, after Monday, um, you know, that's it for us, for, for, okay. for the players. And, you know, Tomlin had his, Mike Tomlin had his um, press conference uh, his press conference on Monday. And that's the last time he will speak publicly until the owners' meetings in late March. He doesn't speak at the combine. He never has. I, I'm guessing he never will. Um, and so we won't hear anything from him publicly until uh, until then, at the uh, last week of March. So it'll be a long time uh, before two and a half. What that's good? Yeah, about two and a half months before anybody hears anything from Mike Tomlin about his team or coaching staff. All right. So who was who do you think the Steelers will prioritize? In the uh, you know in re-signing, I mean I'm well, hoping think, like for instance Larry Ogunjobi is a guy that pops in my mind. Well, let me say this: amongst guys, the one thing the the offs what they will hope to do um, is extend um, Alex Highsmith. Right uh, now, it's going to be up to Alex Highsmith to see because he's under contract through 2023. It's going to be up to Alex Highsmith to see if. He wants an, to sign an extension, or if he wants to go after this year, hoping maybe he has another good year next year, go to free agency and make a whole lot more money than the Steelers are going to pay him. And the Steelers just aren't going to pay him because nothing against him. That money, just like with the Bud Dupree situation, they didn't give Bud a multi-year contract, and Bud knew this because the money was earmarked for T.J. Watt. Well, T.J. Watt got that money, so there's only so much money they're going to allot what they'll pay to Alex Highsmith. Mm. And it'll be a nice contract, I'm sure, but I'm sure Highsmith, I'm going to guess that maybe Highsmith, you know, will think, well, maybe let's roll the dice, see what kind of season I have, and, uh, you know, go test my market value in free agency, which, you know, market values for edge rushers, as you guys know, especially one coming off the season who had 14 and a half sacks, and we'll see what he does next year. You know, he could get a pretty penny out there. He won't get TJ Watt money, but he'll get a he'd get a bigger contract than what the Steelers would be able, willing slash able to pay him. Now, that being said, I think I don't think you'll see them be active in free agency. And by that I mean 
They won't certainly won't be as active as they were last year, and they were very active in free agency last year. And I don't expect that. I expect their biggest moves, excuse me, to come in the draft. But the three biggest keys to me, and I think to them, will be you mentioned one wolf, Larry Ogunjobi. What do you do with him? They signed him to a one-year, eight million dollar deal, and now they signed him to one year because they wanted to see if he could get through the season whatever injuries were bothering, in particular that Liz Frank injury for which he had surgery. So, and we saw him limited a lot of times in practice. So then Mm -hmm. are they going to think, do we want to sign him to a multi-year contract? Based on his performance on the field, you would say yes. Um, But maybe his medical history would suggest otherwise. That's one number one. DeMonte Kazee is number two. Another guy they signed to a one-year deal who they like a great deal. And, and I would think they'll try to bring him back. And number three, and this is a not in order, but the third guy is Terrell Edmonds, who they didn't pick up his option. He went to free agency. He sat out there till the day before the draft, and then they brought him back on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. He has been very, very solid. Mm-hmm. He's played very, very well, actually since the middle of last season. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, um, you know, now you're going to decide, okay, which of those do we want to bring back? Do we want to bring back all three of them? Do we want to try and get them on a one-year deal? Do we want to give them a two-year deal? Are they willing to accept that? Um, you know, Larry Ogunjobi had a nice deal from the Chicago Bears, I think three years, 20-some million, but he failed the physical. So he, he can command a decent dollar, but it just depends where team, how teams are going to view uh, his medical history. So I think their biggest focus in free agency is going to be the three guys that they would like to bring back in some form or another. Maybe two of them, maybe three of them, maybe only one of them. I don't know, but I think that's where their off-season free agency focus, for the most part, is going to be. So what you're saying is it's going to be almost like like a college team trying to re-recruit its own players. Yeah, I just don't think, yeah, (laughs) Max, I just don't think you'll see them be as active as they were last year. Uh, in free agency. Um, and, and I, I, you know, there, there are some missing pieces, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, um, you know, a veteran uh, inside linebacker they could bring in till, um, uh, till Mark uh, Robinson is ready uh, to play. You know, Robert Spillane is, he's an unrestricted free agent. I would imagine because they could probably, when I say they could get him on the cheap, he's not going to go in the free agency and get any kind of monster deal. So I think that's another key for them. But, um, you know, their, their focus, their, their rebuild focus, if you will, has to be on those lines of scrimmage with youth. You know, you have to go find a Marquise Pouncey or a David DeCastro. You have to go find a Cam Hayward or a Stephon Tuitt. You know, DeMarvin Leal is going to be a nice player. You can see that, but you need to go get a stud on both sides of the line of scrimmage if you can. And of course, who wouldn't want to shut down corner? It's easy to say they're hard to find, but I think that's what you're going to look at uh, with those uh, two picks in the first 32. Um, I, I think you could pretty much pencil in that uh, offensive line, defensive line, or cornerback is the way to go. And fellas, when you look at Andy Weidel's history, um, you know Andy Weidel is going to be in charge of putting together the draft board. That's his job, assessing the, the collegiate talent and putting that board together. That's what he did in Philadelphia. He didn't make the picks, but he put them together. Mm-hmm. And you look at where 
where the Eagles have been their strength, offensive line and defensive line. And I would think that's the way, uh, you know, the Steelers want to go and, and need to go, despite the fact the offensive line has played very, very well. And I don't have to tell you guys, Pat Meyer deserves tons and tons of credit yep. for what, the way he has molded and, uh, you know, um, uh, changed their their technique and, and, and how they play. And you can't say enough, really, to me, the job that Pat Meyer did. Absolutely. You know, Jerry, I, I, that's one thing we, Max and I have both been, uh, you know, giving salutations out to, uh, off, you know, hog line boss uh, Pat Meyer. <laughs> you know, because I always say fat is where it's at, and it always starts up front, and the guys did a great job this year. And they were, just as Max was talking about coming out of training camp, give them time, give them time, and certainly they did. But, you know, you look at what do you think is – what what's the positive? Because I I don't follow the draft as much as you guys, so what's the chances of getting a good corner with a with the eighteenth pick? You know, Wolf. That's um, I, I obviously I think you can get one, uh, and uh, you know if there's if you know your quote shutdown corners the guys you know, just like anything deals rusher, the cornerback they go in the first five picks. Maybe the first eight if there's a run on quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Um, so that's not to say that you can't get a good player. Obviously, at number eighteen, and you could get a good player at number thirty-two. But the elite players tend to be, and most of the draft people tell you this: the, the Ill, truly elite players, the guys who almost can't miss. Forget quarterbacks because people tend to overevaluate them. They're usually, like I said, in the top five. Um, but I don't think there's any question. If you can draft a quality corner uh, and you can find a guy that you can lock down on a top receiver, and let's face it, uh, they struggled with big play receivers this year, making big plays against them. And the only time they didn't is because it was Devontae Adams. And, look, I'm not going to use the weather as, as an excuse and take away from whatever it was that they did. But um, uh, Derek Carr missed him, targeted him nine times. I think he had two catches. He missed him. A great deal in that frigid in that frigid weather, but um, I think if you can get that type of corner that you can lock on somebody, now all of a sudden you take away half the field, if you will. I think that makes Cam Sutton better and more valuable. Um, and so, to me, I think you you they'll be looking for a number one corner. And I think the other thing too here, fellas, we know the Steelers' history of drafting cornerbacks has not been very good, unlike wide receivers. But you have you have to remember now their entire um, uh, scouting department or, or personnel department has been revamped. And that comes probably a change in philosophy. Not so much philosophy, that's part of it, but how players are evaluated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe evaluations of corners in the past, you know, Artie Burns, for example, hasn't been very good. The evaluation of Artie Burns, and where did he go? He went in the top 17, 18, 19, or something like that. And so, I think the other thing that needs to change, too, is with the way the game is played, the Steelers always like corners who can play the run, physical corners who could come up to the line of scrimmage. You know what? That ain't the way the game's played. They need corners who can cover and take away the deep pass. So I think you have to change your philosophy of the type of cornerback you think you need uh, as well. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think those are, uh, the, I think those are big factors. Uh, that, uh, you know, have to be considered and, and you know, uh, very well could be considered. 
Well, thank you very much, Duke. Yes. We we so appreciate you. There's nothing like a nice Thursday morning with the cool breeze. Thank you so much for yeah. the whole year, yeah. brother. Yeah, we well, appreciate fellas, you know, it very much. Absolutely, boys. And, you know, I always enjoy not only being on with you Thursday, but I enjoy being with you in the booth before every game. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good off season, but I'll catch up with you very soon, I'm uh, sure. Jerry, I have one last question for you. Trivia question. We were talking Masters. My good buddy Keith uh, sent over a question. Uh, <laughs> I have a trivia question for you. Um, where, or I should say, which hole – is there a palm tree at the Masters? There's only one. Do you know which hole it is? A palm tree? Um, no, I don't. It's probably it's probably a trick question, but no, I don't know. <laughs> hole number four. Hole number four. It's not a trick question? The pa- it's not a trick question. Oh, come it on, is- Max. I thought he had a great trick question here. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to trick questions. him. I, because I we're talking about that. the foliage and the scenery, but – so right. next time you I go not... on on trip twenty eight, check it I out. I will because now I'm going to go. Gotta check I'll it be out. at number four, and I'm going to go. Where the hell's that palm tree? <laughs> yeah, that that or you're going to be singing. I've got the lovely bunch of coconuts. Deedly, here they go. About you, you'll, you'll start you'll start drifting even further. Yes, as we play. Come well, on, out outro well, you... music now. <laughs> Into the sunset. It's there almost like a wrap it up. It's almost like the wrap it up box. You know, you just hit it. Right. Come on, wrap it up. But you uh, gotta love that. You yeah. gotta love that music. It's my ringtone for several of my golfing friends. <laughs> See, there it is. And so, on that note, I'll make sure that we take this out very nicely and softly. We want to thank Jerry Dulac for all that he's done, um, not only for, for us in the locker room, but for what he does for the city of Pittsburgh and what he does covering the Steelers and bringing you this hard-hitting journalism that just you know, just boggles and wonders the mind. And we know that Jerry wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our folks over at Chupka's 2 Cafe down in the historic South Side. If I didn't mention earlier, they do have 17 t- televisions that you can watch all of your sports action, including playoff football and, of course, our pins. And we want to make sure that on top of that, we also delight you with drafts of the Coors. We tap the Rockies there, and it's only $3. And you can enjoy all of that at Chupka's 2 Cafe, who proudly sponsors and brings us Jerry Dulac every week here in the locker room. And on that note, thank you, guys. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll have more here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Derek Carr under center, play action fake. And he throws the pass and it's intercepted on the tip. Arthur Millett turns it upfield, gets to the 40 and is tackled at the 44-yard line by the intended receiver Moreau, the tight end. You know, I just can't help but pour a little sunshine into everybody's soul when you got guys like Arthur Millett. You know, you talk about an attaboy, good guy spotlight type feature. 
he's one of these guys that really is is serious about giving back. Um, Max, I love athletes that take the time to get you know down and dirty in the act of giving back. They pour life into others. And Arthur Millette visited the Second Avenue Commons, a shelter in Pittsburgh's downtown area for those experiencing homelessness. And he gave out coats and spent time talking to them. And just as important, he sat down and just he listened too. And one of the things that you'll find when you you uh, interact with with homeless folks is they feel like they're unseen. They feel like you know nobody pays any attention to them. They feel like they've got you know nowhere to go. And when you take the time to talk with them and listen to them, it really is special. And for Arthur Millette during the course of the season to take time to you know go down and and share like that, it's it's amazing. Yeah, no, it, it is, and I think that's kind of one of one of the great things is the charity, right? right? The ability to to feel that responsibility but also to embody that responsibility of uh of helping those in need. And it's something that you know, I know all of us are proud of and things that we've taken part in as players and as former players. Wolf, I know, you know, all the work that you do with Light of Life Rescue Mission and, and, and of course, with John Cole's foundation as well. Um, you know, it, it, the, it, it's adventures and – hold on. Adventures and training one. with a purpose. There we go. There you go, adventures brother. Adventures and training with a purpose. I, I was close. Your, I, was I close. got your six. I got your back, buddy. Yeah, yeah appreciate that. Appreciate that. And, and you know, um, and even for my time in Pittsburgh, you know, I, I worked on we, – we had Thanksgiving food drives. I worked with Charlie and his Best of the Batch projects. Absolutely. Um, that he does year-round. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's great when guys carry on that legacy of service um, because it, it, it's much needed. And the platform that guys have, you don't realize the reach that you have. And also for Cam Hayward, also being the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year recipient, it's not necessarily for what's seen. It's more so for the unseen as well. Um, not only what is known about, but the things that they just do out of the goodness of their hearts. And those are the things that make it special. Um, when you don't need the recognition, you don't seek that recognition, right. it just happens. And, uh, you know, all the guys, I credit all of them with all their various foundations and all the work that they've done. Um, and even, you know, hearing about DeMar Hamlin being a local Pittsburgh son and right. and, and, and going and donating, um, you know, in person. Like you said, seeing all the DBs and all their contributions. I mean, this is just – that's what warms your heart. And those are the it stories does. we don't cover enough of. Yes. But, but we but cover the them here in the locker special. room, baby. We cover them here in the <laughs> locker room because that's what we do. We go beyond the surface. We're not superficial. We're deep. <laughs> you know. You heard that last commentary. You heard the music. You know that we we can get serious when we need to. We're nothing if not a fact-based show, gentlemen. There we go. Fact-based show. Absolutely. Now think about this. Arthur Millette grew up in the lower ninth ward, New Orleans, the oldest of five, two brothers, two sisters, no mother, no father to speak of in their lives. His grandfather took care of them when they were young. For a period of time, Arthur was homeless. Uh, He was sleeping in a church bus. You know, he dropped out of school, but now he's giving back. Let me read you a quote, what he said. Anything I do as far as giving back, I want to be hands-on. That is a must for me. I am a ground guy. I want to be in the mix. I don't want to just donate and not be a helping hand. It means a lot for me to be there. I will continue to be there with anything where I am giving back. I salute you, Arthur Mullet. That is awesome. 
your story is awesome and you are bigger than your than, than what you came up from you're just I, I stand in awe i love when guys do that you know my you know what i'm talking about yeah Max. no absolutely i mean th- this is what you have to do right i mean this is um you know it, it's amazing when you hear the stories you know because just like any good superhero right there's got to be an origin tale wolf there you go Everybody has to has has to be born out of some hardship to make them the tremendous person or being that they are. And Arthur has a fantastic one. Yes, um, he does. What a when story! You think about and when you think about how grounded he still stays, yep. even after you know after all that, you you can go a lot of different directions, right, on the road when you have those obstacles thrown in your way. But what did he do? He just blasted forward. He did. And I think I think that's what's awesome to hear. And then what he continues to do. And the job that he's done. I mean, you know, it is a thankless job playing on the slot. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Well, yep. like yep. <laughs> people don't appreciate it. They see they see the island corners, the man corners, you know, the safeties running up and blasting folks and making big play interceptions. But that that slot guy, that nickel guy. Is oft overlooked, and it, he he makes it a focal point. Except when they tackle guys who just picked up the ball or six foot eight, three hundred plus, and yell charge. <laughs> first, first of all, first of all, it hurt him a lot worse than it hurt me. It did. It, there's no it doubt did. about. It. I just watched that video over and over, and I'm like going, he might have regretted that. <laughs> yeah. Take, taking Max down. But I. But I. But you know what? I can always say I beat Ronnie Brown in rushing one game. Oh, that's that, that's all. That's all I need. That's all I need. You averaged four yards a carry, Quadrupled buddy. up his totals, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, I mean, for the rest of my life, I can now go and say, you know what? I I, I outdueled a good running back, a great running back in the NFL <laughs> at one point when we were in college. You know, I led my team in rushing for one game. Who else can say that? What other lineman can say that? School Wolf? too, Max. I, mean, I come know. On. Exactly. I'm just saying. I average, I average four yards of carry in the SEC. You know. That's awesome. That's just awesome. That, that, Hall of Fame clip right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. yeah. We better get out of here, Max, because you know what's coming uh, up next. Power Hour time <laughs> is here. We are on the precipice of greatness here in the locker room once again. Uh, but we're gonna step aside, pay some bills, and when we come back. More Steelers action, of course, the musing and wonderings of Max and Wolf's mind here in the locker room on ESPN SNR Radio.